back. Hey, welcome, ladies, gentlemen, everybody out there in the internet community. Welcome back to the Impression Podcast. I'm your host, Zavi Carey, and I'm glad to be here with the amazing CEO of Icon Industries. How you doing? Shane, what's up? Another day in paradise, brother. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. <laughs> We're here in sunny San Diego, so, you know, can't complain. Hey, it's Sunday, ain't it? It is. All right. You know, we, we need to hurry Sunday up. fun day. We're having fun, right? Hey, always. Always a fun day. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out, too. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but with that being said, you know, we, we got a little bit more of a special guest mm-hmm. here today as well. It is one thing to have an amazing, powerful community entity like Shane. But I am proud to say here today that I have another powerhouse as well. This individual is one of the most impactful, impressionable business powerhouses stationed out there over there in New York City, making it big for the entertainment industry. And I would be remiss if I couldn't share the stage with him. Mr. Delamont, take the stage. Thank you, Xavier, uh, for having me. Um, it's definitely a pleasure. Um, you know, we've known each other for quite a while, and I remember you were telling me the things that you were going to do, and you stuck to your word and made and made it happen. And I'm happy to be. I believe it's your first first guest, so I'm definitely happy and very honored. Hey, I, I'm telling you right now, I was shocked and awed when we had that conversation. I was like, you know what? Let's let's try it. I I know you're extremely busy. You got a. Uh, <laughs> If if anyone has looked at this man's resume, mm-hmm. it it is extensive, very extensive. You you're like a 27 year industry veteran. Yeah, I've been in it for a long time. Like a lot of <laughs> a lot of, you know, I, <laughs> um, I know we're we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop, and I've I've been fortunate to have come up in the hip hop industry, but also. My uncle was someone major in the hip hop industry. So if you remember back in the days, the Fresh Fest tour, the first hip hop tour that ever go to stadiums and arenas, my uncle was the co-founder of that, right? That's when Run DMC, LL Cool J, um, Houdini, all those guys, the fat boys, when they were first going into like arenas and stadiums, my uncle was the co-founder of doing that along with Russell Simmons. Yep. Right. And from that, whenever you, as you hear the story, whenever you heard the story of uh, Jermaine Dupree becoming a dancer, that's how he started. It was my (laughs) uncle that put him on. Right. So my uncle is the one that kind of sparked the whole Atlanta scene. Right. So, you know, so that's what I come out of. Right. Just so, just to give you a little idea. And that, uh, the Atlanta scene isn't that where Master P and them came out of? They came out of New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. My bad. Out of Atlanta is uh, Ludacris, yes. LA and B, mm-hmm. uh, LaFace Records, TLC, um, Jermaine Dupree, Dallas Austin. Uh, gosh, um, um, what, what, what do you call these? Uh, Migos. Migos. Uh, yeah, so uh, Atlanta has become the sort of the hotbed 
for uh, the music industry, especially hip hop. And my uncle was the first one to actually kick that off years before it happened, right? Um, He had a video show in Atlanta before even MTV came into the market, right? Mm. Doing urban, urban, urban music. So uh, when we talk about doing history, you go back and any you ask anybody back in the days about Cal Dupree, they're going to tell it. He's like a legend, right? So, but that's what I that's what I come out of because whenever he and whenever him and his partner did something, they always um, it was something that was never done before, and. Uh, They were always, you know, they always got the people to come out. So coming from that, that sort of gave my mentality and my mind state of, you know, if, you know, if you can build it, they will, they will, they will come. And seeing what he's (laughs) done over the years, not only with the Fresh Fest tour, but another event called Black Expo USA that toured the country, um, Another event years later called the Universal Circus, the Black Circus, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're able to put a nice team together and build something, people are people are gonna come, right? One hundred percent. I mean, most it's all about the community. It is building community. But you know, we can we can always say you know it it always starts with a vision, you know. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely have to have that like the leader, the visionary, the person who can see the the big picture the 30,000 foot view and leave it and then bring on the people the community that helps with the the you know 1000 foot tasks cool. <laughs> see, most people aren't visionaries right most 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 people aren't visionaries and it takes um you know it it takes somebody that actually has the vision just as you said and and the the team to help make it make it happen right mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a daunting task, right? But I mean, if you have the team and the right people behind you, like you can make it happen. And I'm one of those people, I like not only talking about it, if we come up with an idea now (laughs) and and we, we continue to meet and come up with a plan and then two years later, we see it actually happen. Like that's what I live for, you understand? Not just to talk about it, right? Yeah. It's like once you see it actually, you know, up on a billboard in Times Square or, <laughs> you know, at the major event place that you're doing, it's like, wow, we, you know, we came up with this idea two years ago, three years ago, and now it's actually a reality, right? Yeah. We have thousands of people outside or it's a big billboard in Times Square or something like that. So that says a lot, right? That's 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 very telling in, in regards to the dedication that that someone has in regards to a dream or or building a vision and stuff like that, and that's and and I think stuff like that is very important. But you know, you gotta have a team to help you make make those things happen. You know, but you know, the the visionary also has to have a really strong set of leadership skills because mm-hmm. you know, having leadership. a vision without taking action, it's it's still not going to get anywhere. Leadership skills, absolutely. Leadership yeah. skills is very important. That's why. There are so many training courses on leadership skills right. and how <laughs> to be a, billion dollar a leader. Industry. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you understand that there's a lot of people that want to be a leader, mm-hmm. right? Or 
as how some people say a boss, but they don't have the skills, right? <laughs> right. They want the title <laughs> or they want the name, but they don't got the skills. Hundred percent. Well, you know, you know that goes into, you know, I do get philosophical at, at certain points, so please bear with me. <laughs> but when we're when we're looking at this at, at a trade point, you got an individual who's gen generally endured so much in life that all they want to do is impact the community. But then you have a different individual that may not have as much experience in that outright. How do you really determine who's really going to be the leader if they're going for the same company or that same position? It's hard. You know, we could say who has the advantage, but in reality, it's really going to be the person that really can see further enough for that community to be able to touch the hearts and minds. You know, coming across the board from, you know, even military services too. You know, if if the military itself, when they're going into different areas, they don't go down over there with, you know, hammers and nails and all the rest of that. No, they're going over there for a community impact to try to help and better other nations. Just like businesses here locally, you know, we're we're not trying to, you know, catch a dollar. No, right. we're, we're trying to individually set the tone and be able to provide the best quality service towards our community in order to build them up. Now, I like what you said about, you know, being a boss and being a leader, because that boss is going to have that notion of just, okay, we're, we're just going to drive production and we're just going to go and get our cash cow. That individual leader, you know, like myself, Shane and yourself, we look at who are we going to impact? You know, and when we're looking at that perspective, that in itself creates that magic that you were talking about with the billboard and all the rest of that. Getting a person to see that vision is very, very, very unique because not everybody's going to see your vision. The visionary is what is important, but the people that you're providing that vision to is more important because if they cannot see it, then how will they know how to build it? Make sense? Well, yeah. most most people, I think that what I've what I've what I've uh, noticed um, is that yes, you do have your visionaries, and it's important that you have a team of people to help you. And some people on a team, they may not see it, but if they believe in you, right? And this is where you know your leadership skills come in. You know, if 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 they really believe in what you're saying, all you got to say is, look, I just need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to do that. And collectively, right, the vision starts seeing. Then, then they're going to be like, oh, okay, now I get it, right? <laughs> so, so it's important to have people that actually believe in you. And I think that that also goes a long way too. I mean. I remember when Damon Dash and Jay Z started started mm. Rock Rockefeller Records. Mm. Like it was, <laughs> we going there. We going there. <laughs> it, it was it. You like first of all, you couldn't tell Damon nothing. You couldn't tell Damon that Jay Z wasn't going to be the biggest thing. You couldn't tell him. But what they did was they had a team of people that went out there and worked at it. They had they literally had. Um, um, people that were in, fr in front of clubs with picket signs that had <laughs> Rockefeller records and Jay-Z. <laughs> I, 
So that, that that's so, the original street crew. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying. Like I like so I've seen that happen. So I mean, it's when you have the people there uh, around you that believe in you, right? And some, you know, and and back then some didn't see it. Some people thought Jay, uh, Damon Dash was just being arrogant, which he does have his moments. But you know, look what look what look what Rockefeller Records did, right? Right. Look what Rockefeller Records did. And 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 that's, you know, and that and that's a great story, because in the beginning, I solely remember when late when when Def Jam and a lot of other labels, they didn't want Jay-Z. And who's one of the most successful hip hop artists today. (laughs) But until like I know a lot of these original stories, like I know the backstory. All right. So. Yeah. Right. Right. The shit that they like, the 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 stuff that they leave out in some of these interviews and articles and stuff like that. I know the backstory. So it, it it's 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 interesting when you uh, see how how big Jay Z has become now. But even before that, when Rockefeller Records was becoming successful, right? But when they were starting. None of, none of the labels wanted to talk to Jay. They didn't want, like, oh, he was whack. You're not going to do anything. Um, you know, and you put your team together and you go make it happen. And Rockefeller Records became one of the one of the hottest, hottest, hottest labels out there with one of the one of the top hottest, hottest acts. Right. right. So and it's about building a team. And I think that's, you know, that's that's very important. And I think for long term. You want a real successful team. Like, let's go on a corporate level now. You want the you want the uh, team to have a shared vision too. Like, right. if they don't believe in the vision, they're not gonna they're not gonna work as hard for it. They're just collecting well, the paycheck. Exactly. Now, I'll t- now one of my other experiences is when I worked for um, Warner Warner Brothers. Um, at the time, um, Steve Stephen Ross, he was the chairman, and um, his vision was. He didn't care what his department heads did. He was like, as long as y'all meet our quarterly numbers, mm-hmm. that's what matters. And when he was when when he was there, uh, Warner, well, Time Warner at the time, they had like ninety what ninety three percent of the global entertainment market. Mm. Damn, mm. right? Okay, that was that was the only time. They was the biggest media company on the planet with the biggest global share, right? But that was his vision in terms of the way he ran the company was that he gave his department heads, his his different division heads, the autonomy to do what they do best. Yep. But no, at the end of every quarter, you need to meet our quarterly numbers. Yeah. That's why back then, Executives wanted to be at Warner. Artists wanted to be at Warner. Actors, you know, everybody wanted to be at Warner, mm-hmm. right? So he's 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 you know Steve Stephen Ross is is a perfect example of a great corporate leader. And unfortunately, when he passed away, that's yeah. when things started to decline with them. Hey, see, you better hope they had key person insurance on that. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, it seems like it came across as a journey. And with that journey, can you give us a little bit of a glimpse into your journey 
and how you <laughs> rose to the position of CEO in the global media industry. And what well, were some pivotal moments that shaped your career? Um, my my journey. Um, <laughs> so, um, my journey. Uh, and I guess I don't want to get too long winded. Um, so, um, <laughs> I started um, doing street promotions for a nightclub here called the Palladium. The Palladium was owned by the same guys that owned Studio 54, right? <coughs> um, Steve Steckel, Steve Rubell, and Ian Schrager. And Ian Schrager is like one of the top ho hotel owners now. But um, so it started with that. Um, and then, um, you know, it, it, it gave me sort of behind the scenes uh, in terms of the club atmosphere. And at the time, the Palladium had all the, all the big parties, right? The Grammys, the Oscars, all these different events, um, um, Saudi princes doing private parties. So I've seen all of that, <laughs> right? But, 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 um, but um, more importantly, um, that sort of gave me the, the um, sort of the inside scoop. Then after that, I worked for Music, Music Land Corporation, which had a, a, a rec, uh, uh, they were one of the largest chains here called Sam, Sam Goody, which, mm -hmm. Now it's called Best Best Buy, right? Um, that gave me the front line of being in a record of being in a record store, yep. right? What people like, right? So that taught me a hell of a lot. Um, um, after that, I went into the investment banking end, um, uh, and. Um, that taught me the corporate life. Now, at the time, I'm, I'm I'm doing that. I was also doing stuff in the in the club, like going to the clubs and stuff like that. But the investment banking end, um, I got into the uh, entertainment and media research, mm -hmm. um, and I was a part of. You know, I was I seen major entertainment deals happen. Um, for example, the company, the firm, the company I was with, um, uh, they was the bank that helped Viacom buy Block Blockbuster, mm -hmm. right? I saw the paperwork yeah. where they were giving them five, where they were giving Viacom five hundred million dollars to help acquire Block Blockbuster, right? <laughs> so I'm 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 saying these things to give you an idea of of what I was exposed to. So and I was always one that um, you know, I. I wanted to understand how the business really works and the investment banking end taught me the corporate end. Now, throughout my transitions that was going on, um, I always, what I always used to do was um, read Billboard magazine. Anyone that knows Billboard magazine, Billboard is like the Bible or the Wall Street Journal <laughs> of the entertainment industry. And I would read it religiously every day, like every week, religiously. <laughs> to find out who's who, mm -hmm. right? That so that helped me become somewhat of an encyclopedia of the music business and who's and and who's who. <laughs> and in the midst of that, also, I started going to some of these conferences. We had a big, we used to have a big conference here called the New Music Seminar, right? Um, so these things kind of help shape shape me. Um, um, fast forward. 
uh, a couple years later, I wind up becoming a manager uh, for a, a number of different artists. Um, I ran a company called Seven Seven Twenty Sound Management, which was headed by an uh, uh, hip hop artist by the name of YZ. Um, if you remember a song called "Who Is the Man with the Master Plan," yep, yep, Return um, of the Holy One. Um, uh, I he he was one of the first people to put out a hip hop group called the Poor the Poor the Poor Righteous Teachers, right? So mm. I ran his management company, um, and that even gave me more of an insight um, into it in, into how this works. Now here's the here's the thing. When I came on, um, I came on like somewhat of a, an, an assistant. So I wasn't like full, this was like 93. So I wasn't like fully experienced. So here it is, we have a roster of artists. I'm like helping out a month into me being there, the main manager leaves. So everything is on me. <laughs> Right. So you want to talk about having to learn contracts, booking, touring, merchandising, all of that shit. Like as I went along, <laughs> that was my training ground. Right. Hit the ground like, running. In real time. Yeah. Like in real like there was there was no so practice. there was no practice. <laughs> like some people talk about, well, yeah, I had my mentor and they helped me every step of the way. I, mm. Nope. I got like. Life. You want to talk about getting thrown into the fire? School of hard knocks. <laughs> you had life. Life was your mental. Like that shit. Like here. Well, you know, you got to call up the, the the booking agent and make <laughs> and make the arrangements, huh? <laughs> 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 hey, I'm like what? Pull, pulling you out a rolodex. You got to talk to the lawyer. And, like so. So when I tell you, I got thrown in the fire, and see, luckily. I was reading Billboard magazine, so I, I could, I winged it a hell of a lot. And for the most part, I did it. I think I did a good job, right? So I kind of knew what I was dealing with, but it was like, yo, here it is. I'm here being someone's assistant, learning under, trying to learn under them. And now a month in, I get thrown right into the fire. Mm. <laughs> right? So it was, so, so it was, um, it was a major learning experience. Um, yeah, I would do it all again. I mean, I've made some great relationships. Um, we actually was in the same building as the Source magazine, mm. right? And go. the Source magazine back then was like the Bible of, of the hip hop industry, right? So a lot of the guys in the Source, they were my close friends and we I was able to get a lot of things done, but still, like that was my, you wanna talk about my official training ground? Being a manager, like getting thrown in the fire <laughs> and learning management, right? Um, having to deal with lawyers, the record companies, uh, negotiating deals, all of that. Hmm. So um, after I left there, um, I worked for a couple other companies. And then, you know, fast fast forward to um, where I'm at now with Boardwalk Global Media, uh, a good friend of mine, his name is MC Sticky. Um, uh, if you remember the record called Shake, Shake What Your Mama Gave You, he made that record. Yep. So he's also, he's done stuff with MOP, done stuff with Busta Rhymes. Um, one of his other big records, um, Say What, just went uh, 
just went double 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 platinum. Whoa. So um he's he's so him and I came together to do Boardwalk Global Media, which was actually was supposed to be one podcast. This was back in 20, 2019. Mm. Right? Um and uh <laughs> what and when we started, people started coming to us like, yo, we want to be a part of it. And one thing led to another, and we wind up building out a network. And in that network, you know, we wanted to have obviously different um, podcasts with different topics and things and things like that, which we did. We got um, one of the one of the um, one of the top people in New York in the club scene throughout the nineties. Um, her name is Maria Davis. Um, okay. If you talk to anybody in hip hop about Maria Davis, they know who she is. Maria Davis throughout the 90s, her, she had an event called Mad Wednesdays. Everybody that's anybody came up through Mad Wednesdays. On uh, Jay-Z's first album, Reasonable Doubt, she's the one on the album cover. Like, I was, I mean, she's, she's the one on the beginning of the song, I think it's 22 Jews, where it's the club scene. Club scene. Right? I was there that night. <laughs> so... Um, but she is a major staple in the hip hop community here. Everybody knows her. Everybody. So, uh, so, so, um, we were able to get her to come and do a show with us. Uh, we brought on another guy by the name of Al Pizarro, who has a comp, who, who has an entity called Hip Hop Boulevard, which is, a uh, hip hop advocacy organization. Um, I've known Al for many years. Al had the top record pools here in New York City. Um, he was the East Coast person for Death Row's street team. Mm. Um, so, uh, and, and we brought on a few other people. So we <laughs> built a, 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 an emerging podcast network. But in the midst of that, we also did other videos and things like that. So we became like a boutique multi multimedia entertainment company. Um, and uh, we like that vision because mm -hmm. to me, I, I believe it's not about how many people like ha having hundreds of people um, in your company. If you have the right people, like you can, you know, you can do a whole lot, right? Um, you could do amazing things. Uh, there's an investment banking firm called Allen and Company. Most people don't even know who Allen and Company is. Allen and Company has about maybe 30 people, if that. They're, Allen and Company, they're the ones that do the, if you ever heard of the Sun Valley Media Conference every year, that's them. That's the, they, that's where Mark Zuckerberg, um, uh, Rupert Murdoch, like all your big media titans, tech titans, that's where they go. Hmm. Allen and Company has been responsible for probably 50, maybe 50% 50 of the major media deals. Well, hmm. Right? And they're, they're a boutique investment banking firm. They're not as big <laughs> as Goldman Sachs hmm. or, they're, they're really or, niche down or JP Morgan is. Chase or, or, or or Morgan Stanley mm. or Merrill Lynch, they're a boutique firm with like about 30, 30, 30 people. <laughs> right? You know, some people even call it 
they're like a secret society, right? <laughs> because if you don't know them, you can't get in. Mm. Right? This is 2023. They don't <laughs> in, even invite, have a website. Exactly right. <laughs> it, this is 2023. They don't even have a website. So I say that to say that that's has, has always been my model, right? I always loved that model where if you have a good group of people, <coughs> you know, you could, you know, you could build something great and you could have major influence, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have hundreds of people. So using that Allen and Company business model is what we wanted to do at, at Boardwalk Global Media um, and keep it as a, a boutique style, but be able to do quality projects, quality content, you know, quality deals. Um, so when him and I came together and put Boardwalk Global Media, uh, you know, when, when we when we made that happen, we, you know, we wanted to do stuff step by step, but it also you know, just wanted to have quality people, quality content. It wasn't just that, oh, well, hey, you want to do a podcast? Come on. No, it wasn't that. We want to bring on people that we know have something to say, but also, too, in our hip-hop culture, you know, we're not just music anymore, right? We have a lot of people that have went into politics, mm-hmm. have went into, biz- you know, big, big, big business, went into advocacy. So, there's a lot that we that we knew we 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 could do, and uh, we know that media and what hip hop media has become, how influential we yeah. could become, and more so, I wanted to give information that you don't see on uh, mainstream media, right? Whether you're into CNN, Fox, MSNBC, you know, or any other news outlets or any other other talk show outlets, we wanted to give the real, like it, we want to give the real facts, the real story. Um, you know, like I like I would like to say, I want to give the story, be, I want us to give the story behind the story. So yeah, so I guess my my um, rise uh, was, was, was basically the different experiences um, that I've had. And I think um, when, it, when I fast forward to me and my business, me and my business partner, MC Sticky, where when we created Boardwalk Global Media, as I said, it was only supposed to be one pod podcast, right? And actually, <laughs> um, it was, uh, I was doing another show. Someone called me to do their show and wanted me to be on their show because they're like, Gary, you know, you know everybody in the music industry. You you got all the inside stuff. Why don't you come on our show and and be our weekly uh, industry in, insider, right? To give us all the latest updates. So I'm like, fine. So, make a long story short, that didn't work out. But I had MC Sticky. He was the last guest on that show. So I told him, I'm like, look, I'm not doing this show no more. He was like, he was like, we should do our own. He was like, so. Um, he said, um, you, you know, let's do it. Let, let's do our own. And that's how it came came together. Uh, we planned, I think that was June of 2019, September 2019. We had our first show. Right. We had a, we, we had our first show. And then uh, throughout throughout uh, 2020, we had other people coming to us wanting to do a show. 
And like I was telling you, keep people like Maria Davis, who was one of the top female, black female promoters here in New York City. We got her to come on. We got Al Pizarro from Hip Hop Boulevard. Um, we, we got a few other people to come on the show, to, to come on and do a network with us. And, um, you know, we, we want to have quality content, right? We wanted to have, we want the real stories to, to be told. Um, and, you know, we, we, we knew that when it came to mainstream media, a lot of our stories was not being told. Um, and if they were being told, they weren't told, they weren't being told, um, fully. So we wanted to have content where people came to hear our stories. They hear it real. Like, as I always like to say, the story behind the story. Right. Because sometimes on these other shows, they'll give you part or half or just a little bit or even just outright misinform and or outright lie. Yeah. Right. So we wanted to bring our pod. We want to have on our podcast programs, um, um, you know, the, the real hip hop stories. Uh, we also wanted to also. um be sort of that hip hop media where um, a lot of us now we're in our, you know, some of us are in our, our 40s, 50s, 60s. So, um, you know, so we ventured. So a lot of a lot of hip hop people have ventured into other businesses, right. whether it be politics, whether it be corporate, you know, whether, whether it be healthcare. Um, so we're we're literally the hip hop generation now, right? Um, so we wanted to have that kind of content out there where now we're, you know, uh, we wanted to the, the, I guess, if you want to call it the powers that be, see like, look, hip, the hip hop generation is, is how, how impactful it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess in my rise, um, that's how it all, came about and we um you know i think we're at a point now where we're just going through a restructuring a reorganization um and uh and to and and looking forward to the bigger things that's going to be coming you know in the near future with um with with building everything and building the business and you know you guys kind of came together formulating an idea and then you know the idea has morphed and come you know now coming to a full business you know, you're talking about it started kind of like with a podcast idea. How integral is podcasting to your business model? Um, I mean, so, it's 2023, like it, podcasts have like, you know, for a lot of people have come out of nowhere. Well, so, here's the um, podcasting is actually the, 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 the main part of our business model. But um, what I... What, what we've done is that um, we call ourselves a multimedia right. uh, entertainment podcast company because from our podcasting content, then there's stuff we can do f- with music, film, mm-hmm. TV, right? Um, so it's not just, uh, oh, we're just a podcast company. So we, right. so, but it, it does play a significant role in 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 what in in what we do i mean i, I know yeah. that there's some companies that 
Um, they just do podcasts to do podcasts, but we actually, you know, we, it, it's it's a it's a it's a major part of what we do. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we we like to uh, we it's very synergistic mm-hmm. and integral with a lot of the other things that we do because it spins out into. Yeah. You know, other things, whether it's events, TV, film, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Here, here at Icon, you know, a big, big thing that we focus on is, um, you know, we're we're brand builders, we're Icon builders, right? But the in, for us, one of the most integral parts is building out that podcast because it's, you know, it, it's an instant source of credibility, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a uh, content multiplier. Right, you get to put the effort in one time, and then you you get to create multiple pieces of content from it. It opens the doors to people you didn't think you'd actually be able to talk to. You know, there's so many avenues you can take with just starting with a podcast, and if you use it right, it actually can help raise the level of your business and bring in more business Absolutely. for you. No, I, I I totally agree. I mean, one of the um, partners, one of the partners that we have is the Universal Hip Hop Museum. Okay. Right. And um, and we did an interview with them December of last year. I think it was like Christmas Eve. I, I want to say Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve. We we went over there and um, you know, we were the first we were the first podcast to ever do something with them because I don't know if you've seen in in the media now the hip hop the Universal Hip Hop Museum has spent about. 120 140 million building their museum mm-hmm. so wow. the grand opening is that believe in 2025 but they had a pop-up shop that's been happening for the last year and a half and we were the first podcast to ever go in there and do something that's amazing right so you know so and building we, history you know, we, <laughs> yeah so exactly exactly so 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 uh so it's stuff like that, those type of um, relationships that that we have. And as you said, with the content, because it's like, mm-hmm. as you understand, when you have a podcast and you're able to go on location and film, like there's a lot of content that can be caught that you're not going to get on mainstream. Right. 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 And I want. BGM to be the destination where people are going to cut, where they can come and see stuff that they're not going to see anyplace else. Right. That's right. You know, there's all these other YouTube shows that'll talk about, you know, what's happening in the hip hop industry and stuff like that, which is great. And I've got nothing against that, but you know, I want them to see the, the, you know, the content that we have and hear stuff from artists and executives themselves. Right. Um, you know, so I wanted to be really authentic, right? Right. I mean, I I know we have to do our, you know, pre-production and (laughs) post-production work, but I do when it's, when it's all said and done, I want it to be authentic when people, when people Mm -hmm. see it. Yeah. You, You know, that does, that does bring up a lot. Um, the reason why I say that is with, you know, technology increasing, streaming platforms, uh, different different aspects going into digital material management. Being competitive, there has to be a lot of opposition out there. A lot of competitive companies fighting for that podcast space over there, not just in New York, but fighting for the ears. But yeah, 
the they, listeners. They want they want to take the, those viewers. Eyeballs. What do you do, or or a better better way to put it is, what does your company do to combat that? With those those changes that are current. Well, one what um, we are, well, what we are looking to do, or I, I should say, what we're in the process of doing is building out with distribution partnerships, right? Um, because it's, 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 um, one, it's, you want to be able to reach, um, our viewers or our customers, um, wherever, like I always say, wherever it has a screen, I want a BGM logo there. <laughs> right. So that's, so, so that's my motto. Now I know that there's a lot of competition out there. Um, how, how we're looking to com, com, combat it is, um, you know, with some of the strategic partnerships. I mean, because that's that's really where it where it's at. Because I mean, I've seen I've today. seen people with money throw a few million and still don't get anywhere, right? So that's... it's so so strategic partnerships is very important, right? Um, and those, you know, it's those kind of partnerships um, and how those are structured um, to, 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 to getting into your target, target market, right? Mm-hmm. And our market is anybody that enjoys hip hop, anybody that follows what uh, the hip hop industry does, anybody that's involved in advocacy, um, anybody that's, involved in hip hop entertainment in general. So we want to, so we want to create those kind of strategic partnerships, um, that, that will help us stand out. Like for example, with the universal hip hop museum, right? Um, everybody in hip hop know who the universal hip hop museum is. So for us to do something with them, you know, they see our logo next to theirs. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, these guys are some credibility or Mm. right. Or, or, you know, if we partner with another good, um, close, close relationship that we have is with Violator, right? Violator at one point was a top hip hop management company. Like they, they represented everybody like 50 Cent, Puff Daddy, Mm. Baby from Cash Money, Missy Elliott, everybody. So we have a close, but they, they have a podcast now. We have a close relationship with them. So everybody knows Violator. So if we do something and we partner with Violator, oh, like these, so it's it's credit, it's instant credibility, right? Mm-hmm. To to the viewers that may not know Border Global Media, but to the industry people, they already know the people behind Border Global Media. You understand? Right. You know, they know that myself and MC Sticky, we've been in the industry a long time and the relationships. But for the people outside, the potential fans and consumers, they're going to be like, oh, okay, they must be something. Like, these guys, let me check and see, you know, who they are or what they're doing, right? Because as you, it's, it's about brand, brand integrity, right? Anybody that has a strong brand doesn't want to partner with someone or, or an entity that's going to bring their brand down or that's going to tarnish their brand. Well, because you're you're lending your credibility. Anytime you are doing a shared credibility thing, where you're mm-hmm. you're 
even if it's on a podcast together, you are lending your credibility to that person and they're lending their credibility like to you. you. And exactly. so any, you know, if uh, you do anything to jeopardize that, you know, it re- 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 yeah, reflects on them exactly. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we did. Yeah. And we, so that's where we're at. So I think, um, you know, that's how we try to separate is just with our, the strategic partnerships that we, that, that we have. Um, and, and I think that, that, that's very important. Oh yeah. It's a powerful, powerful tool. I mean, more or less speaking of tools, you know, we, we can talk about it, you know, AI, uh, different technologies, virtual realities, augmented realities, all of this is being included inside, you know, the media platforms now. I mean, even by default, we have chat GPT and all the rest of this, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's a variety of different apps. However, my question to you is, with all these future technologies that are impacting and potentially maybe even disrupting certain levels of the market, what are some new ways your business may be integrating or utilizing some of these tools to develop and interact with your audience? I mean, what we're looking to do, I mean, clearly um, AI, chat, GPT, that's the future. So that's, so there's no way around that. I think that it can- um, Embrace or get it, out of the way. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, it could help streamline what we do, right? Um, it, but it doesn't take away, I think what what's important is the creative, creative aspect, right? Um, as long as we have the creativity and we can keep the creative, as, as, as we say, you know, we keep the creative, creative juices flowing, mm-hmm. AI and new technology can, they'll just help streamline it, right? So maybe get it to market quicker, right? Right. Whereas yeah. we didn't have that 10, 15, 20, 20 years ago. I, I look at the tools there. They're there to help you optimize the process, right? Mm-hmm. As right. a as an engineer prior to doing this stuff, I always look at like, how do I systematize this to make it more efficient? Therefore the dollar spend goes further, you know, at the, at the end of the day, when you're running a business, the more you optimize the system, the greater your margins are. Exactly. And so if you can utilize tools such as AI that will help you streamline that system, I mean, I look forward to them and more the merrier. And especially the caveat off that, I mean, the, the worst thing you could lose in a business is time. Right. I mean, with all the competition and the variety of competitors working in essence in the same fielding, you know, that timeline may come between you and them and the person that that you're trying to negotiate this deal with, who's going to work faster and more efficient. Time is labor and labor is dollars. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, how fast are you going to be able to turn around this product to get it to market? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, the new, new technologies allows us to do that. But, you know, now let's just say maybe 10 years ago, it may have taken you two weeks to get a product to a market. And I'm just throwing a number out there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. right? But now you probably could get a product out there with AI and new technology. You could get it out there in probably 48 hours. You don't even need a product. Right? Yeah. You, in essence. You but, know, I, but I'm just saying, you get my point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to give no keys out there, but wink, wink <laughs> to my audience. This might be a key. Um, 
you could you could you could take AI in a way to be able to design a product that you do not currently have yep. in order to be able to pre-sale that widget that, that widget. Yeah. yeah. And then after these clients have paid for said product, you can already put it in post production to get it generated to push out to your actual consumer. Yep. That that is the direction that that's being headed already. There's companies that's already been doing it. People in the clothing in, uh, industry ha has done it, and that's becoming even faster with the incorporation of AI. Yeah. So there's going to be significant changes uh, to coincide these technological changes that are occurring in the future. There and are, it's coming rapidly. There, there are some pitfalls that people need to watch out for because, you know, currently if you just put out content, you just put out stuff that's written and created by AI. Mm-hmm there's no copyright to that still. Mm -hmm. So it's still the only way you can copyright something is if it is created by the human hand. Mm -hmm. So you still, you can use it for idea generation. You can use it for this, but if you put out content that's created, you lose all control of it. You no longer, but you don't have the right to, if it's found out, right, you know? Right. That's why I said, see, we can, I think we're, we're a lot of people is falling short on is that I think that for, content for for content creators you want it, it it's still important to have the ideas come from humans right, right. you it's still, it still has to be filtered through your brain you know right you still, from your, right. From your you eyeballs to your to mouth you know like i'm a firm believer i don't give i don't care how much information you put into an ai uh -huh. it's still not human right right so you want the creative ideas to come from human AI could streamline it for you and do all the nice things to, to, to you know, polish it up. And stuff. But the right. actual idea, how it's laid out, all of that stuff, and you just use it, AI and, and tech, technology to, to tailor it to what your exact vision is, right? But I think to put AI in, in a, in a, to, to where they're, they're, they're the be all and end all, doing all your work my opinion, you. I think that's a big problem. Yeah. Hundred percent. It does. It does do a lot of the heavy lifting and a lot of concerns with uh, some of the companies that I speak with. You know, Zavi Exclusives has has been uh, conversing and assisting our community for a very long time now. Um, but a lot of questions have been arising with some of the integrations for AI and with the near future coming up on, you know, with coming up with technology. <laughs> you know, what ways and what prospects will our companies have and what dynamics um, or intrusions is AI going to have on that future? That is a dynamic question in itself because the human factor, HR, right? <laughs> the human factor um, is taking a little bit of a back road and being able to be deferred to AI to be able to contact your clients or, or, uh, those potential opportunities out there on your behalf. With this impacting just even the common companies, how much of this is actually impacting your company, sir? Um, it's not, you know, it's not <coughs> us yet. I mean, we, we like, um, direct, uh, we like direct communication with our clients, right? I think that's that's very important because I mean I'm a if you're one of my clients I want to talk to you I need to talk to you yeah. I want to hear like 
I want to hear what you have to say. Face to face meetings. Right. I, I, um, using AI to sort of be the intermediary, I mean, I, I, it just takes away from the human experience, right? And, and I think that's the problem. Like, that's, well, that's the, that's the issue that I have. Like, I don't want uh, BGM to ever take away the, the human experience because I, I want our fans, I want our clients, I want our customers to be able to talk to us, to be able to talk to them. Um, um, and I think that that's very important. I think to have these, if AI is going to be the intermediary to, to do all the talking and communicating, it's, it's, <laughs> it, I think it just desensitizes, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is just my opinion. I think it sort of just lets people feel like they're just a number and they don't yeah. matter. It's, it's funny you say that because, like, um, I get, I don't know, hundreds of emails and uh, LinkedIn messages, and they're you can tell they're all written by AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. They're, right, they're just, right, right. I mean, flooded with it, and now it's like getting to the point where I'm, <laughs> I, I'm using you know ChatGPT to respond to those <laughs> ones, just to and, and telling it to be like you know just just you know annoy the crap out of them. So they stop sending me messages. <laughs> it, so it's it's literal AI to AI it's a conversation. It's a loop. It's, yeah. it's literally a conversation loop, which normal human to human interactions, you know, this this segue will always be conceptually a difficult portion because as we're improving as a community, you know, and as technology continues to increase and advance, things are going to become easier. We know this. It's going to yeah. happen. You know, we That's just the whole point of technology. We just don't want Terminator to happen anytime soon. Okay? <laughs> just, just throw that out there, right? I tried to ask yeah. ChatGPT about that, and it said it couldn't tell me. <laughs> it said, it, it, said it, it, go, it goes against its directives. It can't tell me when the, when they're going to take over. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but, but, you know, realistically, even even with all of those impacts, you know, market changes and all the rest of that, you know, the future still is bright. Oh yeah. Now for, you know, for your company, sir, you know, what do you see? What is your vision for the next few years to come? I want to know what what's next for BGM. What's next for Mr. Devon? Well, okay. Well, so let me, and I think I forgot something here, uh, or as the conversation was flowing. So, um, as you know, I'm 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 CEO and co-founder of Border Global Media, but I also have ESI Global Group, which is my management uh, consulting and strategic advisory company. Um, and ESI Global Group is what I is where I manage Baba T. To answer your question, on one hand, with Boardwalk Global Media, we're definitely looking to be um, a, a very impactful uh, media company. Um, uh, over the next three to five years, we definitely 
are looking to, well, I should say we're, we're already involved in dealing with a couple of uh, strategic partnerships that's going to um, heighten our brand um, um, and also put us in position to get even more quality content. Um, under ESI Global Group, um, I'm looking to build it into a, a, a stable management company um, in terms of not only talent management for artists and, and entertainment clients, whether it's individual or corporate, but also um, strategic advisory to, uh, to, to entertainment companies, you know, up, upcoming ent entertainers and even other entities that may need, you know, my service as a strategic ad advisor. I love awesome. that. I love that. <laughs> now, you know, with, with this being said, you know, this show has been very, very impactful. Um, yes. per personally, <laughs> you know, with, with, with Icon and seeing the direction that, that you guys are moving forward, seeing uh, BGM and ESI moving forward, taking the world by storm, you know, you two are definitely, you know, amazing powerhouses. And I love the fact that both of you provided the opportunity to be on the show today. Yeah, it was uh, synergy. <laughs> Just perfect perfect definitely, alignment of time, timing, right? Or what do they call it? Divine alignment? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You, you know, with that being said, uh, Mr. Delamont, is there anything you would like to provide these entrepreneurs, these uh, business owners, these aspiring individuals of our community, what they can do to get into your profession, sit in your seat someday? <laughs> you definitely have to do your research. Got to do your homework. Um, definitely got to do your homework. Um, uh, no matter how much they got AI doing all this stuff, you got to do your homework, right? Um, you know, it's it's important to really understand what you're getting into, what you're doing, how it works. Um, you can't, you're not going to be able to know it all by yourself. You want to be around people of like minds. Um, look, you're not going to know everything. You want to have people that know other things too. Um, also too, uh, there's a lot of stuff um, on YouTube, right? As how corny as that sound, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. um, you know, you whatever you want to get into, you Google it on you could you could <laughs> Google it on on YouTube. You learn uh, skills on YouTube actual, University. <laughs> you know, people, people are literally like giving the store away, uh -huh. right? <laughs> Right? Yeah, <laughs> they're literally giving the store. Oh, well, you oh, know the, the difference like between the, the people that are are consuming it. Like, um, I think it's uh, Alex Hermosi says, like, you give away all the information. The only people that are going to put it to use are the people that are going to actually take action. You know what I mean? And the the yeah. the uh, you know people will if you put out enough information, they're either going to take action or hire you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I mean, listen. I understand that. Okay, you put it, you drop out a, a little bit of, you know, some gems to want them to get them to come to the link to want to s sign up and 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 pay to 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 
to be a part of a program. I get that, but you get a lot of others that's just giving away the store. Yeah. They're giving away the store. So, um, you know, uh, people need to do, the do their research. <laughs> uh, they need to go out and network in these different um, events and stuff like that. You'll be surprised of, of whatever. If, if you're dealing with the media and entertainment industry, there's so many events out, out there that, oh, yeah. that you can go to and network and be a part of. Business networking. Um, and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised who you meet, who you run into and stuff like that. But just know when you do those things, you want to be upfront and honest. If you're starting out, tell them you're starting out. Don't tell them you have something that you don't have. <laughs> right? Because, you know, you get people that they like to sort of make it things bigger than what it really is, right? There's the, the and nowadays people just go on. Right, mm-hmm. people could just go on Google and and YouTube and Google you. <laughs> yeah, is that quick? They right? get called out as a fraud quick. Exactly. There goes your whole, go- there goes your whole career. Mm-hmm. Right, you get caught. <laughs> you know, you you get people they'll Google you. So I think, you know, you want to be authentic with who you are. If you're gonna put up stuff, because you know, there's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure it's representation of who you are and what you do. Right, because people they like they want to see right, and 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 uh, you'll be surprised how many people that there are out there that really want to help you or work with you, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so I I would say just do your research and just try to find yourself around good people that you know is is that has the same type of vision, same type of drive, same type of ambition. And it's going to be a lot of work. Like, it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of blood, sweat, tears. It doesn't come easy. Right. <laughs> right? Just understand that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, many nights you're going to want to quit. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have to stick to it. And look, none of these stars, celebrities, media moguls that we see, it didn't happen overnight for none of them. How, um, how important would you say it is in this day and age to in in doing this and, and going down this line to not only build the brand of their entity but also build their personal brand? Mm. Absolutely. Well, yes, it's it's um branding is branding is key, right? right. Branding is key because there's there's you know you definitely want a loyal brand. So your the brand of your business, you want people when they see your 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 logo. Uh-huh. You want it to, you want them to, to be excited. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you want them, you want it, you want to inspire them to want to, okay, once they see your logo, wherever that is, they, they want to go, right? Um, your personal brand, you know, you want that out there in the professional world where people know, where they hear your name, they're going to, they know that, wow, this guy is, you know, this, this guy knows his shit, right? Yeah. You no, know, so you want your personal brand to be um, respected. Right. Um, now, look. At the same time, you're going to get the the more successful you get, mm-hmm. you're going to get haters. That just comes with the territory, mm-hmm. right? True. And even the way things look, and things may look, you may things may look that you may be more successful than what you really are, but still, you're going to get haters because you're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Do the work. You're doing something. That right. You're putting in the work to do it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, again, this is different than 20 years ago. Everything is 
is what uh, Twitter, Instagram, anything you do is online in a moment's notice. Yep. So you have to be really cautious of your business brand and your personal yeah. brand and how well, one can it's taken care of, <laughs> right? Who's in charge of it? Make sure that what goes out is fully uh, is a full representation of right. who you are. Yeah, I like how you put that because you know to put it together, it sounds like you both are saying it's all about making the right impression. Yep, a hundred percent. Of course, hey, I, I <laughs> of course. appreciate that, gentlemen. You know, we do have to take a second to thank our sponsors. Hey, definitely across the board, we would not be here without you. Just like community, we would not be here without you guys. You know, thank you guys for watching. You know, gentlemen, thank you both for actually being on today's show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. And, and we'll cut out. Thanks. <laughs> See you on the next one.